listening to Bedroom Frequencies, keeping your bedroom at the perfect frequency, all day and all night on 107.3 Represent. Russian with her track Where There Is Love from her 1982 breakthrough commercial album Straight From The Heart and you are now locked in to the Bedroom Frequency show. This week we were blessed with a wonderful interview and some unreleased material from the incredible Telemachus. We also have new music from Rowena Fix, James Tillman, Jackson Dyer and our usual selection of the most sultry, seductive and surreal jazz, R&B and indie. Coming in, we have upright bassist Desrin Douglas and harpist Brandy Younger with their take on the classic, You Make Me Feel Brand New. Bedroom Frequencies. 
Up next, we have the brand new release from London's Robohands, Ataraxi 23, followed by Jeff Parker with Lydian Etc., which incidentally really reminded Dark Stepper of the Tom and Jerry theme. A tree is a representation of life. Branches respond to light. Light is a metaphor for knowledge. If a branch is not getting enough light, it will bend and twist. BB Sway, and you're now tuned into Bedroom Frequencies. Mm-hmm. 
Shin Sasakubu. And up next, we have the Sweet Enoughs with their track, In Mind. Yeah. 
this week, I had the great pleasure of catching up with someone who is easily one of the most promising jazz acts to emerge within the last five years, California's Telemachus. He takes us through the unique recording process of his latest album, The New Heritage, and has graced us with some unreleased tracks. So sit back and enjoy the wisdoms of a future legend. Bedroom Frequencies Hi Telemachus, it's really nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on the Bedroom Frequencies show. Uh, your band camp states that you're from Northern California. I just wondered whereabouts specifically. I'm um, from Santa Cruz. It's kind of near the mountains by the coast up in the north. So I live by the sea and it's quite nice to make music here. You know, it's, it's really refreshing. Is jazz taken very seriously in California? Well, in parts of California, I didn't have the most musical upbringing because my parents, they weren't very into jazz at all. But through my brother, there was like kind of a scene and all these festivals. So he brought me there and from there I, I wanted to, to be able to do it and it took me a long time, but I think I can play now. I've read in other interviews that you studied piano at an early age, but didn't enjoy learning classical pieces. And then when you first started releasing music, you took some lessons from Kiefer. What did you focus on primarily in those lessons? Well, that was like at the stage where I was, I just made the switch from making beats on my MPC and not knowing how to play to trying to play over my beats. So he was trying to show me like harmonic tools and, and some like kind of arranging things. Cause I, I used to have the style where I just do too much. Like I just like put in all of the things at once and he tried to kind of level it out and make me think about arranging in a different way. I didn't take too many lessons with him, but it kind of helped to get his voice in my head. And I've talked to him, he, he reached out to me because he really liked the project and it was sweet of him because he still really cares about me. But I think a lot of what he told me resonated so it stayed with me and I'm, I'm really grateful for that connection. Once you study, I suppose if you start in classical, at least you have the grounding of being able to score, which gives you that instant communication with other musicians. Yeah. But once you get into modes, it's, I think, understanding the difference between just being modal and being yeah. being modal, and but being somehow being able to be melodic and purposeful and modal. <laughs> That's true. The thing about the my classical training is like, I never learned, honestly, I never learned anything from it. Like I was so, such a little stubborn kid. I was like, I cannot do this. You know, it's like, it was so rigid and like tied to paper that I was like, I was all about jazz. Cause I still love jazz at that age. And I'd rather improvise and like make up my own things. So I think I taught myself very well about like just teaching myself because Kiefer helped me with a couple things but when it was time for me to write music I just somehow figured it out on my own like I had I knew some chords and I would just play with them and improvise in my room because I didn't in high school I grew up in a very like kind of toxic uh like STEM school, like where there's it's just all math and science and all the kids, all they care about is like making money when they graduate, working for Google and Apple, because that's where around where I grew up. So 
I was not surrounded by any jazz musicians. So I was like, if I'm not going to be able to play with people, I'm going to try to play with myself, like carve it out for, for what I can do with my music. And I think I really tried to do that. And it paid out in the end because then I ended up meeting so many people. Press release for the New Heritage states that the project was recorded virtually due to lockdown. This is an almost unfathomable process considering how intensely live the project feels. How did you go about this? Well, when COVID happened, I had no other option. And in high school and when I was younger, I was playing like in my room primarily and I didn't have any. That's how it felt again. But this time I knew so many people that it would usually start by me composing something and I'd reach out to a musician I thought I could hear on it. 
and they'd record and then I just layer it and layer it and it would be hard sometimes but it all it always like clicked I think it's because of the level of musicians that are on the album like I feel like they're they're so much better than me that it pushed me to to perform better you know because if you surround yourself with those people and I felt like that just lent itself to easily doing it virtually because it's not only me who, who who tried to make it sound like that but everyone else like was so natural at it you know it didn't even feel like forced at all how much freedom did you allow the musicians to improvise how in depth was your scoring of the project prior is it note for note with the solos note for note is everything pre-composed no 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 that i was all about like when all these friends who are on the project like i'm pretty close to most of them and i wanted them to have their own sound on the project like i didn't want to be coming in like you have to play like this and then you have to i was like do whatever you feel like but it did take a lot of organization like i would write a whole arrangement and write the music out and um, send them like the charts and the lead sheet and the changes and then I'd probably have a section for them to solo on and, and all of that. So it was planned, but I would, I would never like write someone's solo before I, I let them do that. And sometimes musicians, they're, they're very like, you know how, how jazz musicians can be overcritical. So sometimes I'd have like six takes of like a saxophone solo. It was fine because I, I could decide, but it was quite hard. I just wanted everyone to have their own sound on it. I felt like that's what helped me have my own sound. It's been so wild having my own vinyl too. Like I, I just can't stop staring at it all the time. <laughs> Cause I, I have all my, I have like a record collection of, of a lot of jazz stuff, like 200 records. So now I just put my record there and then I just end up laughing alone in my room. Cause it's just funny to see it next to like to Korea and all, it's just weird. The aesthetic of the, the vinyl's aesthetic is really has achieved its purpose it looks sophisticated it it makes you want to look to it and it, i think aesthetically the strangest thing is that it does it's almost as if the colors align with the music yeah it makes you want to spend money on it you know yeah <laughs> on the final. yeah you should for that much work i mean jesus do you feel that jazz is the new counterculture of our time Yes and no, like the Wayne Shorter song. Uh, 
Oh man, I, I I guess I'd say so. I feel like it's the most expressive art form, at least in my opinion, and like it keeps molding itself to all the times that we go through. You know, more than just like trap music, because it feels like trap music is it's not changing. It's like you know, but I feel like jazz has these moments where it goes up and down, like with Christian Scott and like all of these artists. I think I concluded it after I saw Apifera, just because you can't imagine, or well, maybe you can imagine, but to look around you and realize that we're stood there being assaulted almost with dissonance. Not, and it wasn't un unregulated dissonance. It was performed obviously superbly. Yeah. But they detuned the synth, so it was it was and it was delivered the whole thing, and it was it was just such a sunra thing to do, and I'd only just like even at my grand age and listening to so much jazz, I finally was and only through reading about sunra and reading just his the autobiography written about him did I understand it from him coming. He went with he was with Fletcher Henderson, and then just all his techniques not deliberately of course not being on the beat and or whatever but then I was like, and they when I, I met them afterwards we went and drank with them afterwards and the guitarist was like yeah it's deliberate that's funny I I realized when you're saying that that I feel like jazz is the counterculture that that embodies so much but I think the problem is that no one's really listening to it as much as we want it to be listened to because if more people were listening to then then the world might change a little bit because they'll realize how expressive the times can be through through the music.
I guess that's why when I say that I'm a purist is that I do feel it's important to invoke emotions other than the elitist feeling of knowing what mode someone's playing in or yeah. enjoying something in seven, you know, like I understand its original form and why it existed and as much as yeah. it branches out. But then if you look at Wayne Shorter and, and all the eighties work, some people might not understand the emotion in that. You know, have you seen that stuff when he plays with Patrice Russian? Yeah, a little bit. Is it the stuff that's live? Yeah. Like the live? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Some people might not be able to deduce any emotion from that. Yeah. That's what I struggle with because I'll show even my music to some people and like not everyone lis uh, listens to the same stuff that we do, but, um, and you know that, but, uh, They'll just be like, they'll always say like, oh, I love to put it like in the background and study to your music and like relax to it and just have it like fall asleep to it. And like in my, when I was first in college, like I hadn't worked on the album because COVID hadn't happened yet. And I only had those two records out. Um, so some kid on my floor w was telling me like, Hey man, like I love to like study your music and like it's like just so chill and like what is it, what are you saying? Something about how like it's just very easy to just have in the background. And I was like, oh thanks, man. But it's like honestly when someone tells me that, I just I'm like, oh man, like that's not what I'm making this music for. I'm not making it for you to just do something else to. But that's why I think that motivated me for the new album to, to make something that you, you really can't have in the background. Because either I'm going to have like a rap in it from nowhere or like some out solo. So like, I feel like I, I did that on purpose. So it could make people think more. And it was more cerebral than some of the other work I've, I've done before. California and America, I guess, of London as a jazz presence. I'm really aware of it. And I would say it also has an influence on me. Like I'm huge into Joe Armand Jones. Like he's he's so good. And and even Nubia Garcia, like I, I love her playing a lot. And yeah, that whole scene has really inspired me. And it makes me feel like I have a voice too. You know, because there's a lot of musicians in London who are POC and, and I'm POC too. So it's nice because I, there's not many like Indian people in this music scene. And that's why 
I kind of named it the new heritage because there's like a, a very lack of of people of my heritage in this music. So I, I was like, yeah, I'll be the new heritage because I'm Indian. That's very pleasing to hear. I guess what I ought to ask is, what are your plans for 2022 musically? Well, first I'm going to cure my hands because they're quite injured. And then I'm going to start working on my next record. And I have many concerts that I'm going to be doing in the Bay Area, like everywhere, even in LA. Um, I'm also going to be writing a string arrangement of the New Heritage. Not many people know that, but that's my plan. That's a wonderful idea. Every time I tell it to someone, they're like, what? No, there's all that. Like, no, that would, that would, no, that's a great idea. That's a, that's a really good idea. Bedroom frequencies. In the jazz business, you're not going to be a rich man. That's not the point of the exercise. They used to say, you know, the musicians had spent the same amount of energy and time and study and application studying uh, accountancy, they'd all be millionaires, which I think is probably true. You know, there's no more dedicated or hard-working person, really, although they would often deny that. They're the only idealists I've ever come across as apps. Kinds of writers and actors and politicians. I only ever met idealists in the jazz world, nowhere else. A massive thank you to Telemachus for that interview. Please do go and check out his new project, The New Heritage. It will blow your mind. You can find him on socials at Telemachus with a K. And coming in, we have Bristol's Tara Clark in trio, easily one of my favourite discoveries of last year. This is the title track off of their latest EP, In Spring. And you can check out our review of the project at bedroomfrequencies.com.
Fiasco and I invite you to close your eyes and get inside bedroom frequencies. Jungle, Jay Lloyd with God Forgiving Souls, and before that we had Endless from Maryland artist McClenny. Coming in, we have another of my favourite discoveries of last year, Toronto's Rowena Fix. This is the title track from her latest EP, Silent Winter Nights, and you can also check out a review of this project at bedroomfrequencies.com.
us we have the sounds of South London's Quinn Alton with his new track Sober. The morning light strikes your eyes, filthy floor, foggy head. Of the night before, absent as your empty bed. Try to self compose, find your phone in the room of your sober friend. Confusion soon leads you to an open wound, nothing Conceptualize the damage he did You're acting fine till your friends decide To take a side and just disappear Avoid the strain, ignore the pain 
changed, I don't wanna hear The fact is you found yourself This is a new talent we just discovered through Smart Bomb Oakland, a Bay Area retro futurism platform you should definitely check out. Cruise around the town at night. There's nowhere to go, but that's what you like, yeah. You'll know we can take our time, but don't you ever realize, yeah. Do you ever realize, yeah. Got me out late on a Sunday Meet me outside if you want me Looking real nice with the gold chain Time to unwind on my phone ring Got me out late on a Sunday Meet me outside if you want me Looking real nice with the gold chain Time to unwind on my phone ring
don't you wanna have a good time? We cruise to the bright lights of the world. Make you really wanna act right. Don't know, but I just might be your girl. Come on and follow. There's no tomorrow. Got me out late on a Sunday. Meet me outside if you want me. Looking real nice with a gold chain. Time to unwind on my phone. This is a Mindy and you're listening to Bedroom Frequencies. Frozen. If I if I, if I just got my heart. 
heartbroken Then I'll be shopping till the car frozen If I just got my heart broken Then I'll be shopping till the car frozen If I just got my heart broken Then I'll be shopping till the car frozen What's up, y'all? This is James Tillman, and you're now listening to Bedroom Frequencies. Keep it locked in.
Underneath us are the sounds of Melbourne's Kuzik with There Is No Time. After this, we have Berlin-based Australian artist Jackson Dyer with Movement, a collaboration with James Chapman off of a pending EP due for release in February. Thank you. 
Hey, this is July, and you're listening to Bedroom Frequencies. London artist and DJ Paris explores the wider spectrum of dubstep and techno on Sleepless Comfort from his latest album, Soaked in Indigo Moonlight. After that, we have a track from Eli Kessler, The Accident, out via Lucky Me.
you are locked in to bedroom frequencies on represent 107.3.
London's FD, aka Freddie Dixon, presents Lie to You, featuring quietly rising talent Akemi Fox. This is the Galaxy Remix.
coming in are the sounds of Australian artist Andras, who perfectly encapsulates the meeting of dance and ambient music. This is I Know What You Want, featuring longtime collaborator Oscar Key Sung. Stop you. 
Up next, we have none other than our very good friend, Sweet Escape, who is spearheading the much-needed renaissance of Acid House. This is the very first track I ever heard of his, and it's entitled Nameless. So, I was talking to this guy, right? Who said something like, who I really am, what I really feel, it's in my music, you know, it's really real. So, it just made me question the cards he was dealing. I was like, can you put a price on your feelings? How much is on your head? Your thoughts are bountiful, but I bet they'd look better without bounty or trade it for money on your head, honey. Can money set you free and raise the bar? Are your thoughts in charge? Sleeping on sound beds of money. Well, that's clouded vision. You know, it's super fuzzy. You click this link two years from now, you want to rub them. Like licking fingers and counting stacks. You think that bread is coming back? What's the price for your head? Your music dead, like wanted posters. A SoundCloud rapper, you a poser. There's no power in your potion. Go ahead, though. Be my guest. Continue your dreams of being 
This is Harv, and you're now tuned in to Bedroom Frequencies. Tu sais, je pense qu'on devrait parler. Juste nous deux. Et en fait, peut-être pas. Je pensais que c'était important. Mais après tout, qui sait quoi Après, c'est vraiment à toi de réfléchir. 
et de décider ce qui va se passer entre nous deux si on va arranger tout ça ou juste abandonner.
Those were the sounds of Soweto's truly legendary Letamabulu, who, to quote Quincy Jones, is the roots lady, projecting a sophistication and warmth which stirs hope for attaining pure love, beauty and unity in the world. And we have now come to the end of the first Bedroom Frequencies extravaganza of the year. A very special thank you to Telemachus for giving us an insightful and candid interview. He really is, in my opinion, an extremely important contributor to the form. It is a new year, and I would like to personally thank all the incredible selfless artists that, despite the odds, make the Bedroom Frequencies show possible. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, 